God is good, and He is worthy of all of our praise. I hope, uh, I think Sister Jessica was telling me this morning that everyone has picked up their knives and uh, that had ordered them and paid for them. Uh, I did order some extra. I wasn't going to tell anybody this until everybody got their knives. But we do have ten extra knives for anyone that is interested. And uh, I, I will, I will, I, I've already uh, taken care of that. So um, if you are interested, you're welcome to it. Don't feel obligated because if you don't take them, I want them. And, uh, but if you would like to have one and did not get to order one, and uh, it's a very nice knife, and uh, got a little card that tells a lot of the history of the church, and uh, it's made out of the, the handle material, has parts of the stone that was used on the church that was built here that burnt, and uh, so it turned out real good. We do appreciate everyone participating in that. turned out to be a, a beautiful knife, and... Uh, also, it was a great fundraiser for us, so thank you for that. And if you would like another one or know someone that's wanting one, uh, you can see Sister Jessica after church and take care of that. So remember those announcements. How many remembers all of those announcements? Well, at least we have pretty honest people here today. And I get accused of not telling people things and not announcing it. I, said, I accuse them of not listening. So uh, I did announce those things that will be going on. So uh, we're looking forward to God doing something great. We don't have much time left in this year. This year is just about over. And I hope that you have done something productive this year, that you feel excited about what you have done for God this year, because if you don't, you don't have much time left uh, to get that, that done. But uh, thank God for New Year's. New Year's, we can start off fresh and make some new determinations and make some new commitments to God and uh, do better. We can always say we're going to do better next year. Next year's almost here. So let's get to doing better today. I believe God's got something good in store for us in His house today. Amen. How many come to have church this morning? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, a few of you came to have church today. How many is going to help me preach this morning? That's a few more. Thank you. Amen. Let's stand for the reading of the Word of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, turn to Deuteronomy chapter number 2. Deuteronomy chapter number 2. We'll be reading from verses 2 and 3. Deuteronomy chapter number 2, verses 2 and three. And uh, I want to say welcome to our guests that are here today. We're so glad that you're in the house of the Lord with us. And uh, we want you to know how glad that we are. And uh, why don't the church folks give our guests a good hand clap today? <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. They uh, told me this morning uh, that they picked up 21 children for Sunday school this morning. Thank God for that. Thank God for those who work every week and uh, they dedicate time for that. Appreciate that so much. And uh, appreciate the ones that so faithfully drive the bus for them 
And um, most of this is done by younger folks, uh, but you have to be 25 to drive the vans. And uh, so some, some people commit to that. I know one is Brother Jackson, Brother Steve Jackson, that does that about every Sunday, I think. And uh, Sister Candace gets in there and works with them and some different ones and thank them for their desire uh, to work for the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter number 2, verse number 2. This is a very, very familiar passage of Scripture and uh, probably heard it preached on many, many times before. I think I've preached on it quite a few times before myself. And uh, the Scripture says... I'm going to skip some of this and uh, a lot of the details that is here in the Word of God about this because there's, there's just a little phrase I don't want to take out of this Scripture. Verse number 2, And the Lord spake unto me, saying, He spake unto Moses, saying, Ye have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward. The Lord spake unto me, saying, Moses writing this, he said, Ye have compassed this mountain long enough. You have compassed this mountain long enough. Amen. Let's look, let's lift our hands and worship the Lord together this morning. God, we love you today. We thank you, Savior, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your blessings, for your help today. We ask you, God, for the anointing of the Word of God today. Anoint me, Lord, to preach your Word. Anoint us to hear your Word, to respond to your Word, to be a doer of the Word. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap our hands and worship the Lord together today. Hallelujah. 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 Lord bless you for standing. You may be seated. The Word of God tells us here that you have compassed this mountain long enough. Now, uh, taking this story and, and reading the story today, you will find that uh, in, in this time where uh, the children of Israel had made uh, their, their uh, pilgrimage toward the Promised Land, uh, the Scripture said that they got to Mount Seir. And uh, there, I guess for lack of uh, better ways to describe it, they would walk around. God was leading them around this mountain. And uh, we look at, at a mountain as just a mountain peak and say there's a mountain. But when you take into consideration what a mountain is, lots of times there's there's a lot of other little mountains around the big mountain, and it's more of a mountain range. And uh, history tells us that somewhere uh, uh, the across this mountain range, Mount Seir was like 35 miles, and the length of it was somewhere around 70 miles. And uh, I think they had camped in like 18 different places as they was making their way around this mountain. And I'm sure in that period of time that the children of Israel was trying to figure out what God was thinking because they would follow uh, the pillow of fire 
by night, and then they would follow the cloud by day, and where it would stop, that's where they would stop, and that's where they would camp out. But there came a time where Moses told the children of God that God has finally given me the okay, that God has finally told me that we have marched around and we have went around the circle of this mountain range long enough. It's time to turn northward. There is, there is a time in our life, in all of our lives, I guess it would be safe to say that, uh, that it seems like that we, we, uh, go nowhere and we just circle around and around and around. The old saying is we take two steps forward and one step backwards. And it seems like you can't ever get traction. It seems like that, that, uh, every time you make a little headway that something else happens and it disrupts what you are doing. And here you go sliding back down again. And I, I have seen people, I, I've never done it myself, but I've seen people and, and, uh, I, I watched this, uh, in Las Vegas when I was out there, uh, preaching. Uh, they had this big, they had this big rock climbing wall. And, uh, one of the largest ones I guess I've ever seen. And I was watching people trying to climb that wall. And, uh, they had different levels and the closer you got to the top, the more difficult it got. And uh, they had a bell that you would ring when you got to the top. But I watched people over and over and over again that they would take and they would climb up and they'd get to a certain point. Uh, and then they was climbing out and kind of leaning over backwards and they would slip and they would fall down. And uh, they would start climbing again and get to that certain point. And it seemed like they'd get to that point every time. And then they would slip and fall down and start all over again. There's different games that you play, and I know that you've always, that, that a lot of you have played those that, that you get to a place. It's kinda like, it's kinda like playing, uh, Uno or Sorry or, I, I don't know how you play Phase 10, but, but whatever it is, but, but I know how you play Uno and how you play Sorry and anybody remember playing Pit? Boy, that's an old one there, man. Uh, they used to tear up the house at home playing pit, banging on the table and hitting the, the, the bell and, and hollering and the screaming. Um, but, but you get, you about get to where you, you have already set Uno. And, uh, you're, man, the color is right. Everything's right. The numbers are right. And then somebody puts a draw two on you. Or draw four, and there you are again. You go back down, and you have to play your cards again. So life is like that a lot of times. You get, you get to a place in life. You've worked hard, and uh, you about you about get to the place where you're going to get the promotion on the job that you need to get, that you've been working and striving to get, and the company goes broke. Are you working and you get out to the place that you need to get and, and they change hands and they sell out and somebody else comes in to, uh, and takes over and they start doing things different. So it seems like sometimes life is full of disappointments. Life is full 
of things that just keep setting us back. Amen. Now, all of that said, what I would like to talk to you about uh, today is the gate experience. The gate experience. Now, how did I get a gate out of this, this scripture here? When I get done, maybe you'll find out what I'm talking about. And uh, maybe we won't have to have uh, my wife to come around and describe to you what I was saying. But you that was in Sunday school this morning should know what I was talking about unless you wasn't paying attention. But anyway, the gate experience, the, the Bible uh, tells us over and over and over about how that things would hinder us from being what God would want us to be. Uh, we live in a world that is full of carnality. Every way that you look, every direction that you turn, John 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 16, it says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of the world. Romans chapter 8, verses 5, 6, 7, and 8 tells us, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. There is always the flesh that comes into play that tries to diminish our relationship with God. The flesh is always warring against us. It's kind of like uh, the old Indian story that says that, that there is two dogs that fight inside of him. One good and one evil. One to the good and one to the bad. And they say there's always a struggle. And someone asked him, said, which one wins in your life? And he said, whichever one I feed the most. That's the way it is in our life of living for God. When we find that carnality is winning in our walk with God, and the Spirit of God is losing, we need to find out what we are feeding the most. That's the reason why there is so many things in life that we deal with that is destructive to our walk with God. And there are things that we abstain from in this life, of pleasures of this life, that are entertaining to this life, but they are uh, dangerous to our walk with God. And that's the reason why we abstain from those things. By, of internet, by, of things of of the, the, the things of this world that they have got to produce the carnality and the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye. There is no way that we can partake of these things and have God. Amen. There's no way that we can enjoy these things and enjoy the presence of God. Lots of times we wonder why. Are we facing hardship in our relationship with God? And why are we coming to a point and cannot press through? 
Well, you will listen to the Word of God is that carnality and the carnal mind is enmity against God. That means that it is simply an enemy of God. And when we are carnally minded, the Scripture says that it is death unto us. But to be spiritually minded is life. So, so you wonder, you wonder why you deal with these things sometimes. Now listen to me, I'm, uh, Lord help me, I'm gonna preach in a few moments, but, but listen to what I've got to say here while I'm going a little slow and you can understand what I'm saying. The carnal mind is an enemy of God. That's the reason why it is so desperately needed to be faithfully and committed to the house of God. It's impossible to be spiritual and not go to church. It's impossible to leave, live for God and not be faithful to the house of God. Amen. I, I, I just do not, I do not see how that three times a week is just too much church to attend. I do not see how that three times a week is too difficult for us to commit to. Amen. It is of a necessity that we are faithful to the house of God. Why do I struggle? Why do I have problems? Why do I face such a struggle of pressing through and breaking through? Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. That's the reason why it's so uh, important to have pre-service prayer because we are moving out of a world of carnality into a world of spiritual fulfillment in the house of God. If you miss the prayer room, it takes you three quarters of the service to get in the mood to really have church. Amen. But when you make your way to the prayer room, you have already got the filth of the flesh behind you. And you are ready to take the next step into the presence of the Almighty God to worship. And then you can lift up holy hands. You cannot lift up holy hands without praying. You can lift up hands, but they won't be holy hands. There will be guilt. There will be shame. You say, oh, but, but I have, there is just the filth of the flesh that gets on us at the job. There's the filth of the flesh that gets on us at school. There's the filth of the flesh that gets on us at the grocery store. There's a filth of the flesh that gets on us in the mall. That's the reason why we come to God and we say, God, wash me from all filthiness of the flesh. Cleanse my mind, cleanse my heart, cleanse my spirit. Create in me, O God, a clean heart. Renew in me, O God, a right spirit within me. David, a man after God's own heart, even says, Create in me, O God, a clean heart. Renew in me, Lord, a right spirit. Help me, God. To be what you would have me to be. And to do what you would have me to do. 
Amen. Moving from the carnal into the spiritual is very important. It's kind of like when they were first trying to break the sound barrier. How many has ever heard a sonic boom? Amen. That's when they break the sound barrier. A plane breaks the sound barrier. I can remember hunting out in Colorado and and uh, they would do that. Man, the whole, it felt like the whole earth would shake and the, the woods and the mountainside would just echo with that big blast. But they said that when they were first trying to do that, that people would get to the place and then it would, the plane would start shaking and, and uh, they were scared that it was going to tear the plane apart and they would back off. And finally, they broke that sound barrier and they said when they broke through it that there was a they, there was just a smooth feeling there was uh no restriction it just felt so different but before that's the same way it is with living for god amen when we're trying to break through the carnality of this world there is a resistance there is a spirit world that fights against us that comes against us but it is a necessity that we continue to press through that carnality to where we get to the place where God can bless us and God can use us and God can give us the strength that God wants us to have. But it's not going to come easy. Amen. We are living in an easy come and an easy go world. And we expect everything to come easy. And there will be no difficulty. But I want to tell you, getting to where you want to get in God is not always easy. There's a fight. There's a struggle. There is a sacrifice that must be made. We want the anointing without the sacrifice. We want the glory without the prayer. We want the commitment of God to us without the commitment to God. Amen. We're living our life for God like we live our life in this world. We're doing it on a credit system of, God, I'll pay you back on a good day, but I I want the enjoyment of it right now. You're not going to get where you want to go in God until you're ready to make a commitment that says, God, I am selling out to the carnality of this world, and I'm going to press through to the spiritual realm of what you would have me to be. Amen. Carnality holds us back. Carnality fights against us. Carnality wars against our mind. Carnality brings guilt, brings heartache, brings shame, brings disappointment. When we have let our mind drift and our spirit to follow our mind, and then our mind don't drift too long until we start acting out the things that we are thinking about and the things that we are dwelling on. And we start acting out and we lose our prayer life and our dedication to God and our desire to be in the house of God. Because why? It's not because God has ever lost His power. It's not because God has been bad to us. Because we would all say that God has truly blessed 
blessed us and God has truly been merciful to us, but it's because that we have allowed ourselves to get to a certain plateau in living for God to where we bump up against the wall and then we slide back and we try to take off again and we bump up against the wall and then we slide back because of the carnality that we've allowed ourselves to dwell on. Amen. To be carnally minded is death. It does not mean that you're going to die physically. We're all going to die physically. But to be carnally minded is spiritual death. It kills the spiritual man. It harms our relationship with God. It stops our progress with God. It hinders our our relationship with others. Because when someone is not pleased with themselves, they find fault in everything and everybody. But I have found out that when I really get a good praying through, and when I really get a good uh, feeling, and I really press through to the glory and the power and the presence of God, I have found out that everything else in the world looks a little bit better. Amen. Everybody else in the world looks a little bit better. Everything else tastes a little bit better. Why? Because I have gotten myself to the place that I need to be with God. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and pray right now. God, we love you today. We praise you right now, God. Our faith and our confidence and our trust and our hope is in you. We know, God, that you're able. We know, God, that you can. Lord, we ask you for a touch from heaven right now. We ask you for your strength from heaven right now. In the precious name of Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In you we trust, God. In you we have our hope, God. In you we have our confidence, God. Oh, Jesus, help us today, God. Strengthen us today, God. Touch us today, God. Help this church today, God. In the precious name of Jesus. Come on, let's reach out to the Lord right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You're our help, God. You're our help, God. You're our strength, God. You're our everything, Lord. We need You today, God. We need Your mercy. We need Your grace. We need Your strength. We need Your touch. We need Your help, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Touch our minds, God. Touch our hearts, God. Touch our souls, God. Touch our spirits, God. We need you today, Lord. In the name of Jesus, let's pray for Brother Duplessis right now. In Jesus' name, we know, God, that you are a miracle worker. We know, God, that you are a miracle worker. We know, God, that you can. Whatever the need is, God. We know, Lord, that You are able. We know, Lord, that You are able. We know, Lord, that You can. 
Oh, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, a touch from heaven today. A touch from heaven today, God. A touch from heaven today, God. A touch from heaven today, God. You are a miracle worker, Lord. You are a miracle worker, Lord. Oh, Jesus, we need You. We need You. We need You, Holy Ghost. We need You, Holy Ghost. We need You, Holy Ghost. Our faith is in You, Holy Ghost. Our trust is in You, Holy Ghost. Our confidence is in You, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise You, God. I praise You, God. I praise You, God. I praise You, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're our help today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Help you receive. Hallelujah. Let's all gather around this front. Let's lift our hands toward heaven and worship God right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. I worship you, Lord. I magnify you, Lord. I lift up your name today, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You're our everything, God. You're our everything, God. You're our everything, God. You're our everything, God. You're our all and our all, Jesus is You see every need today, God. Help us, God, to reach out to you today. Draw us nearer to thee, O God. Draw us nearer to Thee, O God. Draw us nearer to Thee, O God. Jesus is here right now. Reach out and touch Him. Jesus Hallelujah. is here You're right our help, God. Help You're our receive. help, Holy Ghost. You're our help, Holy Ghost. Jesus is Be buried in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is a promise today. It is a promise today. It's for you. It's for your children. Oh, there's help in the house of the Lord today. There's help in the house of the Lord today. There's strength in the house of the Lord today. Jesus is here right now. Help you receive. Jesus is 
Jesus is here. 